Welcome to Unparalleled, a podcast about the future of risk management. I'm your host, Lori Solomon. Join us as we explore trending topics with some of the smartest, most forward-thinking leaders in the risk world. We have a great episode planned for today. Joining me is Debbie Rogers, who is a well-known risk management rock star and someone who's been influential to me in my own career as a risk manager. Debbie started her risk management career at CertainTeed and then moved on to lead the global risk management function at Aramark. During her time there, her team received a number of awards, including Risk and Insurance Magazine's Theodore Roosevelt Workers' Compensation and Disability Management Award. Then in 2010, Debbie was named Risk Manager of the Year by Business Insurance, and in 2019, she won the Harry and Dorothy Goodell Award for lifetime achievement in risk management. Debbie's held board-level roles at National RIMS, and today she serves as the vice chair of the McGuire Academy of Insurance and Risk Management at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. So during this chat, Debbie and I will be talking about tips for people who are new to taking on risk-related roles, and then some options for expanding your risk management impact. As someone who has been celebrated for her risk management experience and expertise, she is really the perfect person for this topic. So excited to talk to you. Welcome, Debbie. Debbie, so great to have you. You and I go back a ways, so it's really exciting and fun to have a reconnect chat with you. Let's start from kind of the beginning. Briefly, how did you even make your way into risk management? Let's talk about that for a sec. Perhaps like a lot of risk managers of my age group, I came in a very circuitous route. I started out as a teacher and left teaching because I was getting riffed every year. And I took a job as a legal assistant And then at a law firm, Mm. and then it was clear that there was no path to the future. So I moved to a corporation, started my MBA, and happily, the risk manager at that corporation identified me as somebody he wanted to work for him. And that was the beginning. Kind of amazing. Great career choice. It's interesting for me always because for sure there is a career path called risk management, and Mm -hmm. for sure universities focus on this, but... So many of us as well have taken the more circuitous route like yourself, not necessarily intending to wind up here, but it kind of leads me to the next thought that I want to explore, which is sometimes there's real training and sometimes there's not relative to risk management. What do you think are some of the key soft skills or criteria that might make for a good risk manager or risk executive? Think of big piece of it is intellectual curiosity. You need to ask a lot of questions as a risk manager. And if you don't have that basic intellectual curiosity, you're never going to succeed, no matter how much training you have. Mm -hmm. You can't assume you know you need to delve a little bit deeper when you're talking to people to genuinely understand what risk is all about. And it's also a people business. And so I think it's critically important that people have not just the IQ piece of it, but the EQ piece of it, being emotionally aware and understanding how to talk to people and engage people. Yep. 
I think those are two very basic skills. I think that's why there are people who've had all kinds of backgrounds that find themselves here because maybe they're great listeners or maybe they have that intellectual curiosity. So I love that takeaway. That conversational is a really good criteria. Now, looking back a little bit, you know, you've had some amazing roles in the risk management world with big known companies and huge staffs with major accomplishments. You have a lot of perspective now from the other side, not the beginning, the latter parts of your career in this space. Looking back now, what do you think would be the first thing, the first kinds of things you would be doing if you were starting from scratch? How did you maybe advise some of your newest piece in terms of how to get engaged, how to start? You know, interestingly, when I brought people in to the group, many of them had some experience that I never had. But what I genuinely brought to the table was the ability to ask the right questions and be able to engage with people. I would tell my team, and I would do that today as well, say, this is a customer service business, and you have a lot of customers, and you need to work to help those customers accomplish their goals. We need to be good listeners about how what we're doing is impacting their business. We can't do everything we want to do. We have to do the smartest things that we can do so that they can continue to do their business and we can continue to have jobs to support them. So it's clearly a support role in the organization. But building the respect of the business owners is key to accomplishing your goals in risk management. How can people build respect? What do you think are the things they can actually do that help create that? I would say that being a good listener, which you mentioned earlier, I think that's really pretty key. And then being able to help them find solutions, not telling them what to do, but finding solutions to issues that they have. And if you can do that, you'll have their respect and they'll work with you on whatever problem either you as the risk manager identify or they themselves understand that they have so that you can find a solution that will reduce risk to the organization. The business has to do what the business has to do and seems like the success is helping them get there with a little bit of thought toward how this might have a bigger implication, right? Right. You know, it's interesting. I mean, there's a whole different world now than I think when you and I were really doing this in a full-time capacity at a company, in person, five days a week, maybe six days a week for whole days at a time, right? Right. So now we've got this remote environment and or a mixed remote environment. Give me a little bit of your thinking in terms of how would that work? That's a great question. And in part because I was presented with that while I was still working. and. I had a couple of employees who wanted to continue to work for us, but for various reasons, spouse took a job someplace else, family issues, several different people came to me and said, I'd really like to continue to do my job, but I need to make a move. That means I wouldn't be able to work from the office. Can you live with that? And I have to say, at first, I was very reluctant. 
genuinely reluctant. But the flip side of it was I was going to lose really strong players. One of them was my risk finance person, whom I valued so much. And getting somebody up and running in the complicated finance of risk management was not something I wanted to do. But more importantly, I didn't want to lose her. I really didn't. And so I said yes. And interestingly, she never skipped a beat. She worked very hard. She got everything done. She was very responsive. And the same can be said of everybody else who made that decision and whom I, at the time, very reluctantly agreed to take that remote role. So I think it's perfectly plausible to do our jobs remotely. The one thing I do worry about is the relationship side of the business, because it is important to have face-to-face time, build those relationships, and make sure they're solid so that you can continue in that remote environment. I think you were ahead of your time in this regard, because now this is a typical thing we talk about, but you know, years ago, not so much. So, you know, being able to find a balance. And again, it's really being able to do what you need to do, but make sure you are connecting on a genuine way with the issues and the concerns of the people that you're having to serve, your customers, right? Right. What do you think, does anything resonate with you as you think back on your own career or how you would advise others, sort of best advice you were given? Do you have anything that comes to mind real quick? I don't know about best advice. What I could respond to is somebody who influenced me a lot. So in a way, advised me, but not so much directly. I had a wonderful mentor in a gentleman who was the ultimate risk manager of the French company I worked for, Sangaban. He was the role model that I followed in the rest of my career. And he advised me a lot. I watched how he worked. And without actually telling me what to do, he showed me what to do in a way that was key to my success. To this day, value my time working for him more than anyone else I worked with over the course of my career. He served as a great role model. He was a good advisor and, you know, ultimately became a friend. So I don't know that that answers the question you asked me. It does. But I think people can give you advice in ways other than actually saying, here's what I think you should do. I love the example that he may not have said it to you directly, but he provided a model that you could follow. Finding those people or connecting with those people intentionally, even if they don't connect with you, if you find somebody at the company that you really have an enthusiasm or an appreciation for the way they work, the way they do business, the way they treat people, the way they may be respected internally. Any of those are good things that you might want to connect with, right? Yeah, it's true. I feel like I would be more intentional about that. I might have been more timid when I was actually in the role in terms of really approaching some of the really senior people and saying to them, I watched you, I've learned from you, and I'd love the chance to learn more. I may not have done that as much as now, in retrospect, I kind of wish I had. 
You know, you have won just about all of the most important and most respected awards in the risk management world. I said in the intro how you affected my own personal career and advised me, acted as a mentor in that regard as well. With all of the things that you've done and some which were awarded, talk to me a little bit about one of the things, one of the projects, one of the outcomes that you feel most proud about that you and your team were able to achieve together and spend a little bit of time with really the nuts and bolts of how things got done. You know, how did you get there? How did you elevate the outcome? How did you socialize that? Let's talk a little bit about something like that, because I think that kind of a story showed an awful lot of good takeaways. The story that comes instantly to mind is when I joined Aramark in 2003, I had strictly responsibility for insurance procurement. And I will tell you that our insurance costs were astronomical. Mm. And I was tasked with decreasing the cost. Well, we were in a relatively hard market at that time. It was post 9-11. And we'd also had some hurricanes. Things were, you know, the insurance world was expensive. But that wasn't what was driving our cost. What was driving our cost was workplace injury. We had a quarter of a million employees, most of them in the United States. We had all kinds of injuries, none of which we could really understand. And I said to my then boss, I, if you don't give me responsibility for managing the injuries, there's no way I can manage the cost. There they're not different things. They're all related. And so I was given responsibility for safety and risk control. When you went through and you spoke to the people who were in the group, no one in the safety team could tell me what was driving the cost of risk. Amazing. No one. There were 25 people directly. No one could tell me what was driving. So I tasked someone, we hired somebody with an analytical background to come in and help us understand. And he said, well, where are your records? And they were in a file drawer. Those were <laughs> records. There was nothing electronic. This goes back 20 years. There was nothing electronic. Yeah, there was some electronic, but it didn't capture the data. This guy helped us put together a system that enabled us, every time an injury occurred, data had to be collected. Not just somebody got injured, but how they got injured, where they got injured, what precipitated the injury. And we pulled together all that data. Well, fast forward, we were finally able to say the primary cause of risk was slip trips and falls. Mm -hmm. It was caused by water on floors mm -hmm. because we were in kitchens and we didn't have slip resistant shoes. Those were like some really basic things. So once we knew that, we were able to address it. In pretty quick order, we were able to substantially reduce the cost of risk to the organization and the related insurance cost. It was a collaborative effort. We hired new safety people. We also built a claims team to manage the claims. And we built a system. And the system is what really helped us. So I don't know how any risk manager can do his or her job without data, without yeah. meaningful data. Yeah. And that's really what helped us to improve our risk and 
we worked obviously with the businesses on all of that. It was not just our group. Clearly, we had to work with the businesses to get that done and get them to agree to buy slip-resistant shoes and to monitor the conditions under which their employees were working. You know, it's surprising in a way because despite the typical comment of we need data, and we're talking about something that might have been 20 years ago now, it hasn't changed that much. <laughs> we still need the data. We still need to be able to get to it in a quick, a fast, a reasonable, and accurate way. And a lot of times we don't have it. You know, to your point, the stuff is in a file someplace, either electronically or in hard copy. But I think it really starts like you just described with the big top line question, what's our major cause? Instead of just assuming this is a cost of doing business, this is just how it is. It's the questions, the intellectual curiosity to ask. The big picture question of, is there anything we can do to make this different? <laughs> you know, and then finding exactly. those kind of solutions and implementing. It's a great example. Well, you know, before we leave our folks, are there any just kind of nutshell pointers or key takeaways, key guidance that you might offer? And I would say either to people who are new in this role or people who are really trying to advance this role make it more of a real value add for their organization. Maybe take that in two parts for the new people and then for others. We probably covered all the key elements. Don't assume you know. I did find that a lot of people that came to us with an educational background assumed they knew, mm. but they have a great basis of understanding risk or understanding insurance, but that doesn't help you understand risk. And so observing, listening, building relationships, understand the data, understand what's driving risk. And one thing that we didn't really talk about, but something that I was able to draw from, from my prior skills of teaching, is being able to communicate about risk to people. People don't necessarily understand what it is we do. And sometimes it's not that easy to explain. So one of the exercises my team did one time was everybody had to write their elevator speech <laughs> so that if they ran into the CEO in the elevator and they said, where do you work? I work in the risk management department. What do you do? In a one-minute clip, what is it you do that the CEO will then know, this is what Joe does, and the CEO will remember Joe? So just a few things that I think led us to a lot of success. Excellent suggestions. Being able to describe in a quick kind of concise. charismatic and precise, right? And also speaking to your audience. So don't go into all of the infinitesimal detail of stuff or somebody like the CEO, <laughs> right? Get that into a nutshell and, and be aware of who you're talking to. I just right. think these are great, great pointers for anybody who really wants to succeed in this role. Thanks so much, Debbie. Great talking My to pleasure. today in always. Same here. We'll do it again. We hope that today's episode was informative, relevant, and enlightening. If you like this episode, check out our other episodes and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. 
Looking forward to having you join us again as we delve into the future of risk management.